Welcome to another episode of Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki C. And I'll be coming up. Here I am. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. I'm super excited to have our very special guest today um, from the Business Leaders Network, which I have met her and had the pleasure of meeting her in person within a month span. We spend some weekends together and in community, and I absolutely love her. Without further ado, let me just get her bio and let me get her up on the screen. We have Lizzie, and she's an author, a speaker, a coach. Lizzie is a former Amish girl who ran away from her family at the age of 19. She left behind her family and everything she knew up until then to create a new life. Lizzie loves sharing her story, not to inspire others to step out of their comfort zone in order to achieve a better life. Lizzie is now a board certified functional nutrition practitioner, personal trainer, and owner of the Undiet Yourself. Lizzie specializes in women's hormones, thyroids, and gut health, and has helped hundreds of women take their health back by focusing on whole body healing. Welcome, Lizzie. How are you? Thank you. That was amazing. I'm so good, and I'm so excited to dive in here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. Met you through the Business Leaders Network, through J.R. Spears. Um, I think you came on. I came on like when he first, first started the community and has he's bringing more people on. I'm like, wow, he's like really vetting them out. They're just so amazing. They're doing amazing things. And here we are. We've been in a couple of masterminds in that group together and just learning your story, which we will talk about. Now, unfortunately, I don't have your book because I have it right next to my bed. I've been reading it chapter by chapter. There you go. Escaping my got it. Yay. Absolutely exciting. I made sure I purchased that when I first uh, seen you. When, when we first met, they actually uh, got in your hands, right? And yeah. how, how was that feeling? Oh my gosh, it was so surreal. I think that first week after the book got launched, published, that after that event in DC, I literally was telling my friends, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel right now. The emotions and just like, it was, it was like stepping into a new arena, which I'm 100% sure that you know what that feels like now, because your book just got published. And it's like, it is such a wild ride. And congrats to you. Like it's such an amazing accomplishment. And now it's just onward and upward from here, right? Absolutely. Uh, Lizzie, I would have to echo that. Like the, the feelings are so, you can't really find the right words, uh, mm -hmm. but emotional, grateful, blessed, um, all those things, right? But there's not one perfect word that really can magnify the actual feelings inside. So uh, I'm glad that we share that about a month apart. Super awesome. But let us know about who Lizzie Enns is and how did your story start? Um, so share about, you know, what happened um, in your life to get you to where you are today. Well, my story started from birth. I was born into an Amish family and I, I grew up there until the age of 19. And so in those 19 years, I got to learn 
what it was like to grow up there. There's no th nothing modern about it. It's very very strict where we where I grew up. It's the strictest of the Amish orders. There's no electricity, no running water. We ride in horse and buggies, and we work really really hard. There's a lot of discipline and a lot of follow through, a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work, which is something that we'll talk about a little bit later. How that translates over into my business now because. It builds that kind of character, and that's what I learned growing up. But a little bit more about the community and what that was like is, you learn how to work really, really hard. Because I grew up on a farm, I have 18 siblings. We cooked all our own food. We garden all our own, you know, fruits and vegetables, and there's nothing modern about it. There, everything is hard work. In fact, it's almost as if the harder they can make it for you, with the more rules that they bring in in their eyes, the better. <laughs> and wow. you know, in, in in a very at a very young age, I started to feel really unsettled there, and I started to feel like there is more to life than living here in this community. And it, I, I was in my teenage years when I when I started to feel that, like there's there's more to it, and so I started to kind of seek out like, okay, what are people doing outside of the community? What are my neighbors doing? Because we had neighbors that were not Amish, so I would start watching them. I would start watching what they were doing. I started seeing that they're doing things differently, and they're doing things that I was. Uh, intrigued by like i remember we had neighbors literally across the street from us and and across our yard like our yards touched and i would watch them and we didn't have any kind of like affection growing up there was no hugging there was no kissing there was no i love you nothing like that so i would watch the neighbors and i would see them like come home at the end of the day and the first thing they would do is give each other a hug and a kiss and and show each other that they love each other. And I thought, man, if I cannot do that to my husband one day and love on my husband the way that I want to, then I don't want to be here. Mm. And that was one of, one of the first thoughts that I remember having, like, I'm not meant to be here. There's more. Mm. But within that, I also felt extremely trapped because in order to leave that community you literally have to escape and run away mm. which is what i did i ended up wow. uh <laughs> yeah so so through that um because you have a lot of stories to tell you actually just gave me chills about um what you said to yourself like if you had a husband and you can't really show that affection then that's not how you want to live. Right. And just being part of a Hispanic community. And that's really all we do. It would be shameful on us if we didn't greet someone with a hug or a kiss on the cheek and welcome them into our homes. That's how, you know, we were grown. And I still carry that to this day. Like, I don't care how old my aunts, my uncles, my cousins are, or if we seen each other yesterday, we're still going to get a hug. So to know that, you know, that's what you wanted in your heart and you were looking for that. Um, I'm glad that you have it now because I was able to hug you quite a few times and, you know, <laughs> be able to transfer that. Um, 
that 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 affection you know as friends as you know colleagues as you know partners whatever it is um it, it's something that we long to want um yeah. and i'm glad you have that now so i just had to point that out but yeah so continue Yes. So in order to um, leave the community, I, I couldn't tell anybody. And this was an ongoing thing for quite a few years where I had to decide, like, okay, how am I going to leave or, or am I going to be stuck here for the rest of my life? The other thing that I was not drawn to is I didn't want to stay there and just have a lot of babies because that's literally what the women do. They put their heads down. They There's a lot of suppression within the women. They don't have much of a voice. The men rule the church. They create the orders. The women listen. They, don't, they just don't have much of a voice. And so if, if you were to see a, an Amish woman, especially where I'm from, and you see her out and about, let's say you see her in town, you would probably see her with her eyes to the ground and she wouldn't make eye contact with you. She may if you talk to her. But when I left, I had to learn how to like be comfortable looking someone in the eyes and having a conversation. Otherwise, it was always looking to the site or looking away because that was really, really uncomfortable for me. I didn't learn how to do that. Mm. So, but to back it up just a little bit, we, our first language is Pennsylvania Dutch and we do go to school, but the school is within the community and we only go to eighth grade. So we learn like the really, really basic stuff, math, English, spelling, reading, but it's taught by their own people within the community. So when you learn English, it's really bad. Like it's, it's very bad. So my English has improved like tremendously since I left. I will always have an accent. It's just going to be part of who I am, but with that being said, we got an eighth grade education. So after I left, I had to go on and get my GED and continue on with education from there. Um, but in the community, if you stay there in their eyes, you don't need more than that. So that's why, why they only go to eighth grade education. So the leaving process of it is you can't tell anybody. So on the particular day that I decided that I was going to leave, at that point in time, I was dating a guy from New York and I was in Ohio. And so we, we didn't see each other very often. We had only seen each other in person maybe a handful of times. Other than that, we would write letters to each other. That, that was our form of communication. And at this particular time, I was actually working at my oldest sister's house as a hired maid because she just had a baby and she needed help. So I was there helping out. And so it was my turn to deliver a letter to him. So I go to the mailbox at noon to deliver a letter to him. And when I open the mailbox, there's a note in there from him. He's telling me that he left. He ran away. Mm. Him and his sister and her boyfriend drove down with a mutual friend of ours the day before and they ran away. But I want to tell you something. I, we never had a conversation about leaving, never even talked about it. Didn't even know it was on, he didn't know it was on my mind. I didn't know it was on his mind. But in that note, he's like, 
okay, like I left and I will come by tonight at 10 p.m. If you want to leave, I'll meet you here. If you don't want to leave, I'll come by in a couple of days and we'll have a conversation. <laughs> Basically, this was his way of saying, we're breaking up if you don't leave. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I, it felt like I had prepared for that moment because a few months leading up to that, I was feeling really, really uneasy. I was feeling like something is about to shift, almost as if God was trying to prepare me for that moment, but I didn't know what it was. I knew something, I knew in my heart and soul that something really big was going to happen, but I had no idea what it was. I just knew I was really, really unsettled. So when I got that note, I snapped my fingers and I said, this is my way out, I'm leaving. That's the easy part. The easy part is saying, I'm leaving. The hard part is figuring out how you're going to do that. What does that process look like? Which will translate into that a, a lot more a little bit later in business. But I had a decision to make. Okay, do I, do I just jump and go? Or do I wait six more months because I have a twin sister? We were really close. She was getting married six months later. And I knew if I leave at that moment in time, I would not be invited to her wedding. I would not be, be able to be at her wedding or see her get married. So my decision, I had to make a decision. Do I stay six more months and wait it out until I get to see her get married? Or do I risk the fact that I would not be at her wedding? And disappoint her because twins have a have a really close relationship, typically. Um, but I also knew uh, if I were to wait six more months and the entire community finds out that I left, if I wait six more months, they're going to do everything in their power to persuade me to stay. And so I had to take the risk and say, I can't wait. I have to go. Wow. Wow. Um, and I've heard this story, but before we get into that, we're just going to go into a quick and we're going to take um, a moment to see how that escape looked like, because I think that's so uh, powerful. And then we'll get into what you have going on. So give me one quick second. Oh, my God, Lizzie. Every time I hear this story, I get chill bumps. Um, we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Jose Escobar, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Connected Leaders Academy. We're a growing tribe, a community of entrepreneurs all over the world, globally, all across the country, high performers, titans of industry. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow personally and professionally, scale your influence, develop your skill sets, move the needle in your business, more clients, more money, more profit, the bottom line, and of course, grow your circle and your network like never before, this is where you want to be. Join the Connected Leaders Academy today. We are scaling massively. We want to welcome you in. Check me out on Instagram and on Facebook, the at symbol JASCO25. We look forward to having you join us. Take care. That 
Ed is uh, building a leadership mindset lead sponsor. And I just want to say congratulations and welcome to the Connected Leaders Academy as well, Lizzie. I was so happy uh, to see that announcement. Um, so there you have it. That was our lead sponsor, Connect with Jose Escobar. But we are speaking to Lizzie Enns, and she's telling us how she um, escaped her reflection. So, um, we, we talked up until this point about, you know, what your life was in the Amish community. And now you have that decision to make, to change your life, to, to go for your future, to, to see what else is out there for you. How did that look like? Yes, absolutely. So, once I made that decision that I was going to leave, I then had to figure out how that process was going to look like. What are my next action steps? Do I tell someone or do I keep it all to myself and figure out how I do that? The decision for me was that I can't tell anybody because if that one person I feel like I can trust, I can't, if, if I can't trust them and they go tell someone, then then people will know before I even am able to make that jump and they will do everything in their power to keep me back because let's be real other than in the Amish community other than committing murder someone leaving the Amish community is like the worst thing that you can do they mourn you it's like someone died if you leave so I didn't tell anybody and I had from noon until evening to figure out how I'm going to do this. A million things going through my mind because I am realizing at that moment in time that if I leave, I may never see my family again. I may never be at a family gathering. I may never see all of them together. I may never see all 18 of my siblings again. And that's a really, really tough Thing to think about because when you are in a family that is so big I'm sure you know family is is huge right so I didn't tell anybody I waited until evening and I decided that uh, I'm gonna pretend like I'm going to bed so everybody gets ready for bed I go upstairs and I write a little note to my family and I tell them hey I have to do this I it has nothing to do with them and it has everything to do with me needing to make this decision and move forward to this day i still don't know how i came up with those words because i'm like i did not know then what i do now i just know that i knew that i needed to put that on a piece of paper i love that piece of paper there and i'm on the on the third floor and i end up <laughs> i end up instead of just going downstairs pretending like, you know, they have outhouses, like you have to go outside if you have to go to the bathroom, pretending like I have to go to the bathroom. I, I couldn't do that. I was so scared. I end up going over to the window. I open up the window and I start climbing out onto the roof because I was going to jump off the roof. When I open the window to climb out, there's a dog underneath on the porch and he starts barking like crazy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm caught. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to leave now. So finally, my brother-in-law opens the door and he like yells at the dog and the dog runs away. 
And my brother-in-law to this day still doesn't know that he helped me. He mm. literally helped me because he chased the dog away. So then I, I climb out onto the roof. So now I'm on this 15-foot roof, and I got to figure out how to jump off this roof because my future is jumping. My future is literally 15 feet away from me. And I need to figure out how I'm going to jump. And I got all these things going through my mind. Like if I jump and I break a bone, I will be stuck forever. And I will look like the biggest fool ever because the entire community is going to find out. And they have their own little local newspaper that all the Amish write little little letters in each week. And you that's how we were able to find some things out from within the community because there's no cell phones or anything like that. So in my head, I'm going, if I break a bone, my name is going to end up in that paper and everybody's going to know that I was, I was trying to run away. I'm sitting on that roof for about 30 minutes contemplating how I'm going to jump. But I also know if I want a better life and a better future, that's the only way out. So I finally take a deep breath and I jump right into freedom. I love that. I love that. Every time you say that, I jump right into freedom. And it's really up to each of us that when we feel that we're stuck, we are the only ones that can jump. And I'm so mm -hmm. glad that you did. And I'm so glad that I met you and that I'm able to hear your story and that now millions will hear your story because there are still people stuck, whether in the Amish or not, that yep. don't believe that there is freedom on the other side of their struggles. It's the question is how we're going to get there. So how was that um, time right after, after you jump, where do you go and how do you find that freedom and build what you have built today? Absolutely. So the jumping part in all reality, that is the easiest part, making the decision. Right. So you're going to make that decision and then you commit to it and you jump. That's that's the first step. The second step is what comes after that and what's your follow through and your, your commitment to yourself. So a lot of people that leave, they ha are under the mindset that they're going to be out for six months to a year and then they're going to go back now a lot of them end up staying because they realize their life is so much better outside of the community. I, I actually have an older brother that had left before I did and he went back like a year and a half later. So some people mm -hmm. do that because they just want to go and experience and they never have, have the mindset of staying and, and creating this new life. When I left, I never looked back. I, 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 I always made a decision. Okay. I left and it, although it seemed crazy to me that I would never go back and like see my family or, or be there, uh, I actually used to have nightmares that I was forced to go back. Wow. And every single time that I was forced to go back, I, I was so incredibly sad because I knew that I didn't belong there. So with that being said, I was always laser focused on what's next. What do I need to do? It is a massive culture shock, and there's a lot of things that you don't know. 
I like to call it oblivion. Like you're just oblivious to a lot of things because you are so sheltered. There's so much that you don't know. But I also like to think that that oblivion has helped me because it feels like I'm. It it allowed me to not get so caught up in my head and be paralyzed and and full of fear of what if, what if, what if. Because I know people that are like that. And for me, it's like no, we're just we're just gonna move forward. So in those first first few months, two days after I left, I had I got a job at a at a restaurant as a dishwasher. That was my first job. First job. My first paycheck was fifty dollars, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so much money. Well, I I learned very soon that fifty dollars doesn't go very far. <laughs> But I had never made my own money before, so to me, that was a lot of money. And I didn't have a social security when I left, so I had to go apply for a social security number, and I got a job as a dishwasher. That and there was a a couple that had left a few years before I did, and they were married, and they took me in, and they said, "Hey, you can come live with us. You can pay fifty dollars a month for rent for the room. We will help you get your driver's license and your first car." And once you have that, then you can move out and be on your own. And two months later, I had that.、Mm. Two months. I just、wow. they they gave me they gave me the steps, and they said this is what's expected. This is what what we expect from you, and we'll help you get there. But then you're going to be out, and so I did that in two months, and I I moved out. So I had I got my social security number, got my driver's license. I got my car, and learning how to drive a car is not easy when you grew up in, you know, riding in horse and buggy. Like I remember going to a parking lot, and they had to teach me exactly where the brake was, where the how to put things in gear. And so this is what I tell people on a lot of things, especially in what I do now. When you want to change your lifestyle, because I teach, coach on nutrition and health. And becoming a healthier you overall, like whole body healing, those first steps is like learning how to drive a car, because you have to think about every single thing, every step that you're taking. But the more that you do it, you're gonna get in that car eventually, and it's just gonna come naturally because you've created the habits and you and you just know the steps to take without even thinking about it. So I like to use that that analogy because I feel like that's that is also true for so many things in other parts of our life. I 100% agree, and I love that、um, that analogy as well because sometimes I think to myself like, how did I really? Learn how to drive. I used to watch my grandmother just see what she did when she picked us up and took us everywhere. But I never like. I think I was thirteen when I told my dad, "Let me see if I can drive." And I, I drove the car, and I'm like, "Don't tell me what to do." I put on my seatbelt, I put it in drive, and you know, I was going a little slow, but he was just in shock. Um, and then you know, even to this day, like my car knows where to go without me telling it, right?、Um, so yeah, so I love that analogy, and I know that you are very hardworking. You're dedicated in everything that you do. It just exudes、uh, from you. Just you know, again, being、uh, in community with you in our masterminds and in our community、uh, to show that passion that you have. And 
a lot of people need to understand that we go through some stuff, but there is a way out. There is hope. We just have to do the work. And there's people out there waiting for you to ask them, Mm -hmm. how can I do it? And I believe that Lizzie is a strong powerhouse that can definitely help you in anything that you have going on. But let us know about what this four-letter word with the two other letters are, uh, because diet uh, is a four-letter word to me. I never use it. So what is undiet? Undiet is literally that. So we all know the diet industry has really messed us up. Like you got to jump on that next diet. You got to try this. And it's be- it becomes this fad and this trend. And so I've done lots of different diets in, in my life before I was in the profession that I was in. And it never really gave me what I was looking for. I was always left disappointed or I was starving myself or I was drinking only liquids, like those kinds of things. And I, when I started my coaching business, I I'm a personal trainer as well. And I started with that first. And then I went into the health coaching after that. So I kind of stacked everything. And when I got into the nutrition and the health part of things, I started to see and realize how messed up the dieting industry is. So I said, okay, I'm going to go on a mission to tell people how much BS that is and how you can create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle, lose weight, feel good, and not have to starve yourself and not have to go on some crazy diet. So in 2020 is when I started my, my coaching business online. And it was at that point in time, I remember we were driving in a car one day and I'm thinking about, okay, what's going to be the name of my business? And I knew how passionate I was about not going on diets anymore. So we're driving in the car and I thought to myself, all of a sudden I was like, undiet. And I messaged my friend that was helping me with my, with my website and all that stuff. And I said, hey, what do you think about this? And she called me and she's like, that's it. Like, that's what you have to go with. So undiet yourself is I teach you when you come to me. I teach you, okay, you can create a healthy, sustainable, vibrant lifestyle without having to go on any kind of crazy diet. And the foundation of that is going to be how, what you're putting into your body, your nutrition, what your diet actually looks like. How are we doing that? And then what's your exercise look like? What's your water? And what is your sleep? Like all of those things are going to be always going to be your foundation. But within that, we have to bring in some balance. We have to look at, okay, what is it, where are you at and what, where do you want to go? And then what does that process look like? And we have to bring balance in, in a way, most women that I work with, I have to teach them how to eat more because, because we've taught, we've been taught for so many times and so many years eat 1200 calories and you'll lose weight. But the reality is toddlers need 1200 calories a day. And we as grown adults are like, I'm going to try to survive on 1200 calories a day. It doesn't work like that because 1200 calories isn't even enough for your body to keep your basal metabolic rate running optimally, which is like the minimum amount of energy and calories because calories are energy. That's the minimum amount of 
calories that your body needs in order to just, even if you were just Netflixing all day and laying on the couch, you still need a minimum amount of calories because that's what keeps us, our body, our organs, our hormones, our thyroid, our metabolism running. And majority of people, their basal metabolic rate is above 1,200 calories. So definitely learn something new. <laughs> Listen in, take notes, give it, give us some more, Lizzie. Yes. So that's that's the foundation piece of it. Now, what happens when we can because I've been there, when we continuously eat too little and we're eating, you know, 1200, I've coached people that were eating under a thousand calories a day. And I, I literally don't know how they do it. But also what happens is if we do that long enough over time, we suppress our appetite, our appetite decreases, but so does our energy. So does our sex drive. So does our vitality. So does our sleep because all of those things are going to be affected. And then you're going to eventually start having thyroid problems and hormone problems and gut issues. Like you might not see that right away when you're super low calorie, but you're going to see it eventually. So I've now shifted more into helping women in the hormone and thyroid area and the gut because I run labs for people and everybody that comes to me, they all get a full lab panel done to check their hormones, thyroid, inflammation markers, vitamins, and minerals because our medical system's broken and doctors are not helping people the way that they need to partially due to how our medical system is run. That's one, one thing. And then the other thing is some doctors are just not knowledgeable in some of that stuff. And there's lots of doctors that tell people they just need to lose weight and eat 1200 calories a day. And that's the only thing that's wrong with them when we know that that's not true. Mm. Wow. That is powerful. How can they get a hold of you? I know your website is on there. Can they follow you on social media? And do you have any um, services, challenges, anything coming up that um, they can tap into? Yeah, they can find me at lizzieens.com. That is actually a really great place to contact me. Uh, I also have Instagram, lizzieens uh, underscore wellness. You can follow me there. I'm very active on there and I message everybody back when they when they send me messages. But lizzieens.com is a really, really great place to go to to connect with me as well. Thank you so much, Lizzie. You have been absolutely phenomenal. Thank you for sharing your story, for being vulnerable, for um, giving us some life lessons on both the the feeling trapped portion and also the breaking free from just, you know, those wants, needs, and desires that we all have. And, you know, the story is really going to resonate with a lot of people. Definitely pick up her book. Is it on Amazon? It's on lizzieans.com. Okay, lizzieans.com. Get it directly from the author. Get a personalized signed copy. Yes, I'll sign it. Yes. Um, love that. Thank you so much for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Love being in community with you and can't wait to continue to grow together. Thank you so much, Nikki. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Building a Leadership Mindset. Have a great day. And as I always say, make it count.